Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Well, good morning, Faith Renewed. How are you doing? Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Come on. How are you doing this morning? Come on. Well, if you're here this morning, you're a first-time guest, Faith Renewed. Can we give our guests a big round of applause this morning? Let them know how much we love them. If you're joining us online this morning, can you give our online audience a big, big whoop-whoop this morning as well? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm here following up with uh, what Adam was talking about this morning. So if you want to go ahead and pull out your checkbooks and get ready to make that big, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we got a 2021 Ford, uh, Toyota Tundra waiting for pass. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, I get, he's like, please, no. Anyway, so thank you so much for being here this morning. This really wasn't in my notes, but you know, God stirs our hearts in different ways, amen? So I'm not going to speak of anything that I haven't planned on, but can we just one more time, if Pastor Terry and Angel have blessed your life, can you let them know how much you love them this morning? Come on. Come on. They're amazing individuals, amazing couples. Been together since high school. That's very rare, so we thank God for that example. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Condolences, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway, I've only got a certain amount of time. I've got to be quiet. My wife said, don't over talk. And that's just my problem. When I start yapping, I can't stop. So anyway, so we have been in this series called Why. Say why with me this morning. And Pastor Terry has gone through this for several months, and it's been an amazing series, right? So if you have not been able to check anything out, or if you've been newer to Faith Renewed or just joining us online, please go to the website, faithrenewed.org. Uh, you can check us out on Spotify. We put our messages on there, other platforms as well. But please check it out, amen, because if this is an amazing series. We've learned a lot. He's taken us deeper in the Lord and what the Lord has for our lives. So it's, it's, it's great teaching, amen. If you agree with me, can you say amen this morning? Thank you. Well, I want to get into it this morning because I do have a few moments uh, Pastor Louis is going to come up after me. We're going to kind of tag team this morning and uh, bring the message. So I'm excited about that. First time I think I've ever done that. Um, so I told Louis to throw something at me if I go too long or anything like that. So if you see objects flying, you know why. But uh, today we were talking about why pastor appreciation. Amen. And honestly, I think we overlook that sometimes. It becomes a formality in the church sometimes. And that's not, a, that's not a, you know, a derogatory statement towards anybody. But like a lot of things we do as people, it's just kind of this process, right? And we want to take this moment this morning, and we've come together, and we're going to talk about a couple of different things individually, but it's going to cover the whole corporate role of what a pastor is, amen, and why we appreciate the pastor. And when Jonathan called me several weeks ago and asked if I would be part of this, Absolutely, no, no, no problem about that. And the Lord just began speaking to me immediately about some things. And these are some of the things that me as being in the ministry for a long time, I know that Pastor Terry has to go through Pastor Terry's process. And I'm going to kind of speak from this side of the process that we don't see a lot of the times. Uh, we, don't, we don't see in public, we see, but it's a private thing that he does, and he makes it public. Does that make sense this morning? So I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 4 real quick this morning. 
verses 11 through 14. And I want you to understand, when we read the word, be very particular about the words that Jesus speaks, amen, about what the writers write. And here's the, Paul writing his epistle to the church of Ephesians. And this is what he says in verse 11. He says, now these are the gifts. Say gifts. Yes. Listen to this. Christ gave to the church. See, these aren't just random gifts that we say, oh, I feel like being a truck driver, or oh, I feel like being this. Nothing wrong with those occupations by any means. But when it comes to what he's ready to mention, we have to remember these are gifts that Christ gave the church. And these are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Amen? Verse 12 says this, the responsibility. The responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, God's work here, Build up the church and the body of Christ. Amen? There's a very specific role that God has given the pastors of our churches. Amen? And we're going to talk about Pastor Terry and Angel and their role in Faith Renewed this morning. Amen? And what they do. But the Bible goes on to say this. This will continue. So all these things, this equipping, will continue until we all come. Listen, all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So that's the end goal. Now this is where we trip up sometimes. And Paul says this, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with their lies so clever, listen to that, so clever, that they sound like the truth. A little bit of prophecy going on there from the Apostle Paul, Amen. In today's society, we see that, right? We've got the Oprah salvation. Everybody goes to heaven, right? But the first thing I want to mention this morning, what Paul points out is being a pastor is a calling from God and a gift to the church, amen? Ephesians 11, we talked about, and Christ gave gifts to the church. Now, quickly, I'm going to give a real small definition of that word pastor. I know pastor Louis is going to come up and talk a little bit more about that. But essentially, it means shepherd, it's the one who watches over the flock. So Pastor Terry is here, and, and he's watching over this flock at Faith Renewed. Amen? That's his role. That's his responsibility that Christ gave to us as a church. Amen? So he is our gift this morning. Do you understand that this morning? That's what Christ has called him because he said in Ephesians, these are the gifts that God. So this role, this ministry that he has is a gift from God. And he's here covering us, watching over us. And so that's what his role is. But real quick, this is what the Bible talks about in Ephesians. First of thing, the pastor's responsibility, and this is not to, to call him to any kind of a standard or anything. This is what he does already, okay? I want you to understand this. Is to equip God's people to do his work, amen? That's the first responsibility that the Apostle Paul mentioned in the book of Ephesians. It's his role to equip God's people to do his work. Now, this is the kind of thing that I began thinking of immediately because I grew up in church, as many of us did, been involved in several ministries, and been involved in the ministry for a while, as many of us have. But one thing I've always noticed about several pastors that I've either worked for or been involved with is they lack direction they lack wisdom, and they lack vision for their ministries. And the Bible says without vision that the people will perish, amen? Because that's what God's role or responsibility to the pastor is to establish that. And see, if the pastor isn't seeking God for these things, then we don't have a spiritual church. 
We have a group of people getting together for a social event, online and in person, amen? See, I found a quote this, this week as I was finishing this up, and it says this. Spiritual leadership is using God's methods to get his people where he wants them in reliance on his power. And see, what we get so mixed up with sometimes is we put our focus, and please, Pastor Terry, I love you with all my heart. You know that. We put the focus on the man and not this man. See, he's here on behalf of this man, God, to present a message to us as his congregation. Amen. And he's here to speak truth into our lives. And he's here to get us to that place where we rely on the power of God. Amen. And see, one of the things I immediately was drawn to was Moses on Mount Sinai. I think in the Old Testament, it's just a great picture of this pastor that we don't really look at Moses as a pastor so much, but he's got this congregation of two million plus, right? Big church, right? So they definitely meet outdoors. But, um, <laughs> but Exodus 19.17 says this, Then Moses brought the people from among the tents to meet God, and they stood at the base of the mountain. And see, in, in, in Exodus 19, you'll, you'll read... And chapters after that, you'll read where God calls Moses up to Mount Sinai for a meeting. Amen. And what God is doing, in my opinion, is my opinion, is that he's establishing some direction. He's establishing vision. And he's given wisdom on how to deal with two million plus people. Amen. Because we'll see later where there's establishment of leadership and all these particular things that take place in the base camp of the Israelites. And Moses has to go through some pretty amazing things. And we know that while he was up on Mount Sinai, later in the book of Exodus, we see that he gives the Ten Commandments, amen? And he writes those laws down for the people to follow, to draw them closer to, to God in a relationship. But he gives Moses these three things so he can move the Israelite people forward in their mission, and that's to be more like God, amen? And see, this is what I, I noticed and what I picked up on is that only after God meets with Moses as their spiritual leader... He then sees the people. And I think the picture that God is painting here, what we should see, spiritual leadership, our pastor, meets with God every day. And see, when it comes to Pastor Appreciation Day, that might be something that we don't necessarily think of. But I thank God that he is a man after God's own heart, that he sees what God is wanting to do. And then in those moments of intimacy that he has with God, God is establishing direction and vision and wisdom for Faith Renewed Church and its ministries, amen? amen? And so in those quiet times, in those moments when he's there, that's when he speaks, but that's when God gives these things, and, and he confirms that to Terry, and then Terry brings those things to the congregation, amen? Does that make sense this morning? Come on, let me hear an amen this morning. And the thing I began thinking about is this, if Moses had not gone before God first as a spiritual leader the people wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet God, amen? See, if Moses would have walked in disobedience, if Moses would have said, oh God, this is too much, I can't meet with you, if Moses would have made up with any excuse at all not to go before the Lord, the people would have suffered, amen? 
And so what I'm thankful for is that we have a pastor and his wife that seek God's wisdom. They seek God's counsel. They go before the Lord. So why? This body can be built up, amen, that this body can establish God. But listen, they wouldn't have had that opportunity. So when we have these opportunities to grow, we have these opportunities to know more about God, and, and he brings the message. Now, I understand individually we have these moments where we can go and we can seek the Lord, but corporately is what I'm talking about this morning. Corporately as a church, he takes us to a place each week in his sermons. He doesn't do these Saturday night specials where he's worrying about his sermon the night at 10.30 at night on Saturday. And he's like, dear God, what am I going to preach about tomorrow? Right? He's ready. He's prepared because he's heard from the Lord. So it's the responsibility, and I'm thankful that Pastor Terry goes before the Lord. I'm thankful that he does hear his voice regarding direction, vision, and wisdom for our church, for the ministries of our church. And then we as the people have this opportunity to follow what he's doing. Amen? See, not only is it the pastor's responsibility to equip God's people to do his work, the second thing, real quick, is this. It's his job to equip people to build the local church and build God's kingdom. And see, that's the goal that God has. He wants to build his kingdom through our pastor equipping us. Amen? See, God is a God of order. He's not a God of disorder. Does that make sense this morning? Because if you look in the Bible again, he's, he's the gift. He has this gift that God has given him. He's established himself here as our pastor. And God is speaking to him, and, and through that, we get to hear what God wants for this church. Amen? Does that make sense this morning? And he equips us. We look at the faith groups. We look at the, the different ministries that we have in our church at this time. If you go online to the Church Center app, there's your good plug here. And, and, and check out the different groups you can join. Go online to faithrenewed.org and, and see what's going on in this house. You can see that we don't get together just to shake hands and say, how was your week? Amen. We have an intimate moment with God each week through worship, through the teaching and preaching of the word. Amen this morning. Come on, church. That's what he wants. And see, Pastor Terry relays God's vision, his direction, and wisdom to this. Because why? What does he want? What does the pastor want? He wants us to be excited about what God is doing here at Faith Renewed. Amen? And we need to be excited about what God is doing here at Faith Renewed. We have to open our eyes and we have to begin seeing what God is doing here. But also, he wants us to jump on board, get involved in building the kingdom for God. Amen? That's what God has seen. So his role is to equip. Our job is to want to be equipped. Amen? And thank God we have a pastor that brings that message to us. Listen, I'm going to step on a few toes. That's okay, because that's what I do. But being part of a church is not sitting around waiting for everyone else to do the work. Amen? We can't do that. We can't do that. I know. <laughs> we can't do that. But we have, to, we have to look with our vision. We have to look with what, what's open, what's well around, and we have to begin filling needs that are in the church. And that's what God has called us to do. So what's the whole purpose in doing this? What's the whole purpose? For Ephesians 4, 13 and 14, and I'm not going to turn there, but, but, but you can go back and read that text. The Bible says this, so as we as a body will be unified in our faith. There's nothing more delightful to a pastor than when the body of Christ is working as it should working. As Jetson's boss would always say, the cogs are not working, right? If the cogs aren't turning, we're not making money. And I'm not saying we're in this for money. But if the wheels of this church aren't spinning, we're dying. If the wheels of this church aren't spinning, we're not moving forward. 
If the wheels of this church aren't spinning, then what we do is typically in vain. And we're not here for an in vain purpose. We're here for a purpose that is equipping the people to be unified in our faith. So together, we make a mighty army, right? David said one sets 1,000 to flight, two sets 10,000 to flight. Imagine if you multiply that by 300 plus people that attend this church weekly. What God can do in this community, what God will do in this world, amen? So we need to be unified in our faith. We as a body in our church must also be mature is what the Bible says. But don't be immature like little children. Come on, there's a time to put away childish things, and there's a time to grab hold of what the Lord says he wants for his church and what he wants for us as individuals, amen? So, so that's what the second thing is. We need to become mature in the Lord. We need to understand more of what the Lord is teaching us, and it comes through our pastor here on Sundays and on Wednesdays. And we have these opportunities to grow in our faith and to, and to experience things. And I don't know if you're paying attention but I've noticed that, that I know he's spending more time with the Lord because the things that he's bringing these last several weeks, and he's always done this, but it's just like you can tell that he's been to the mountain because the depth of what he's teaching us, amen? He's hearing and he's seeing and he's receiving, and then he's spilling it back out to us. And then what the Bible says real quick is we as the body will measure up to the complete standard of Christ. See, God has a standard for our lives, it's not just to get saved and sit around and say, okay, rapture, you can happen at any moment. See, what we preach to the youth back there, and I know what he teaches in here, is that when you become saved, your eternal being starts at that moment. Your eternity begins here, and God has established his work here on earth for us to do, amen? And we have a job to do, and we're a part of this faith-renewed family, and he is our leader, he is our counsel, he is our guide, he is the one who goes before, and he seeks the Lord and he sets the example, and we follow that example, amen? There's an order, there's a process that God has in line for this church, and we need to become a measure up to the complete standard of Christ, and we need to begin asking ourselves, what am I to do with myself? How do I become stronger? How do I become more wise in my faith? And how do I grow deeper into my knowledge of what God wants for me? We take what's being brought to us, we digest it, right? Come on, and we make it part of our lives, amen? That's what being Christ-minded is. That's what God wants us to do. And I know that might sound a little left-brained a little bit this morning. But that's this whole administrative, that's this whole part of what Terry does each week. It's about the spiritual process that goes on. Again, it's not something that we always see. It's not something that we always have access to. But, but he's going to the mountain. And he's meeting the Lord. And I want to say thank you this morning. Because I have a pastor that is not afraid to pursue. I have a pastor that wants to hear from the heart of God. I have a pastor that when he hears the heart of God, he follows his convictions. And he does what God tells him to do. He's not afraid. Some people are afraid to step out because money will be taken away from the church or uh, popularity will be taken away from him or his online uh, access will drop and all that stuff. See, but it's the pastor who hears from the Lord and moves according to what God is calling him to do, that's when spiritual growth takes place. That's when this church moves forward, and it's doing that right now. Pay attention to what's going on if you're not. We're growing spiritually and numerically because when something is healthy spiritually, it will grow in numbers. Amen? Come on this morning. So we thank you so much this morning, Pastor Terry and Angel, that you lead by example. 
You don't do it just because you have to. You've grabbed hold of the gift and the calling that God has given you, and you're running with it with excellence. So I personally say thank you, Pastor Louie. It's such an honor to be up here. Um, when we got the call, um, I asked, are you sure? <laughs> um, uh, I just, I've only been here what, about a year and a half, two years, but I've known Terry for a long time. And when the Lord led me here in the situation that I was in, um, it only took me a short time to realize I was in the right place. Um, having grown up in a pastoral home myself, I know firsthand the demands in, in answering God's calling on one's life. My father pastored for many years in our native Puerto Rico. And even when we moved here 41 years ago to Greenville, South Carolina, he began some of the first Spanish-speaking groups or churches that were not affiliated with uh, one very large um, extremist Christian church or the Catholic church. There were not, nothing else in between. So we would meet people, minister to them, bring them to the Lord, and bring them to the house and start doing Bible studies with them. As the years have gone by, I, I also answered a call. Uh, as you all know now, Andrew has also, my son has also answered a call. And I am so excited to see that next generation, Andrew's kids, Blair's kids, to be able to come in and answer the call as the Lord would lead them as well. But I have learned something in my, 30, in my own 30-something years in ministry. God is not looking for perfect vessels to, to, that he could use. God is searching for and using, God is searching for and using willing vessels many are called few are chosen why does that bible verse say that because everybody is called but the ones chosen are the ones who actually answer the call so i thank you terry and angel for answering the call because if you hadn't back when you did today you see back then god was preparing what's happening today and I am honored to be here and being a part of what's happening here today and God is preparing for tomorrow amen if you're excited I want to hear you come on give the Lord a praise we're not here like Pastor Bill said we're not here to exalt anyone I know I know Pastor Terry well enough he is uncomfortable as all get out right now um if, if you don't know him well enough, just, just know that about him. He does not like all of this stuff. But he also understands that this is good for the congregation, for the body. Because yeah. we need to recognize our leadership and, 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 the, and the people that God has put over us to lead us in this time. So we're here to render honor only to whom honor is due. And that's all God has called us to do. 
I want you to go with me to uh, Timothy chapter 3. I'm sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 3, uh, uh, verses 1 through 7. And this is basically all I'm going to share with you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm of the school that, you know, blessed is he who preaches short because he'll be invited to preach again. <laughs> I don't know where that says it, but uh, I believe it. I believe it. Did I leave my, my glasses over there? Where? <laughs> Thank you. See, that's why I need, oh, there they are. Okay. That's why I need them. First Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, and I'm going to read it pretty quick. Um, he says, this is faithful. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to, how to rule his own house, hello, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest he be, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Pastor Terry is not perfect. I hate to tell y'all. I, I know, I know. I was super surprised too when I found that out. He is not perfect. None of us are. Okay? If you think you are, you just look in the mirror and look at the first imperfect person you ever met. Pastor Terry only answered the call to ministry that came upon his life. And that brought on, on him a greater responsibility that he was willing to take on. He knew what he was going to take. And he took it on. However, we, if we were to make these verses that we just read a checklist, I believe we can say that Pastor Terry pretty much checks all of them off. And that for us, that needs to be important for us. I don't want to stand somebody, I don't want to listen to somebody stand on a pulpit that does not have their house in order. How can they teach me about order if they're not in order? Hello. How can they teach me about being sober when, when they leave the pulpit? God only knows what all happens behind the closed doors, right? And then later on, it all comes out, and then people are hurt, and the church is hurt, and the testimony goes to the ground. And not only here in the house, but it also says that he be of good reputation out in the community. Okay, I, last, last, uh, earlier this year, um, when I attended the, the funeral for the fireman, and I walk in and I'm like, all these people from the community, all these uh, first responders there. And there's my pastor standing, sitting up on the pulpit of the stage. And here he comes and he's giving the eulogy and the, and the message. And I'm like, that's my pastor. I had a little bit of, <clears throat> excuse me, while I uh, adjust my shirt. It's a little bit tight right now because my chest is puffing out. But that's important. 
that they be of a good reputation, the Bible says. The definition of a pastor, like Pastor Bill shared, is a spiritual overseer, a shepherd. Um, let me teach you a little Spanish this morning. You with me? Okay. I'm going to teach you how to say pastor in Spanish. You ready? Repeat after me. Pastor. You are here by bilingual. In Latin is pastore, something like that. I speak Spanish, not Latin. But pastore goes a little bit deeper because it says that it's one who leads to pasture. In the 23rd Psalm, the psalmist says, he leads me unto green pastures. One who sets to grazing, causing you to eat. Wow. In Ezekiel, the prophet says, and you gave me the rolls to eat. How amazing. And that's what we get here. When, when he gets up here, he's leading us to greener pastures. He's leading us to eat the word, to assume it, to, to assimilate it in our lives so that we can then share it to people out there in the world. So my two points of exhortation this morning are very quick and very easy. Number one, we need to love and honor our pastor. We need to love and honor our pastor. He has a family to tend to at home and a family here at church to look after. Even when we all go to sleep, his phone sits by the bed. And I'm sure that if you call him in the middle of the night, he probably answer. You can at least send him, leave him a message and he'll call you as soon as he wakes up. <laughs> but he'll answer and he'll let you know that he's praying for you. He is a human. He's not deity. He is human, flesh and blood, just like the rest of us. But he has an awful lot of responsibilities on him. Those responsibilities lead him to watch over us even when we don't want him to hear, to listen to his counsel, or even when we don't want to follow the godly counsel that he gives us. Quiet in this spirit-filled church, pastor. In Hebrews 13, 17, the Bible says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for, what, for that would be profitable for you. I, I cannot compare it. Parents that are here today, you'll understand this. When our child comes to us and say they want something, they want to hear nothing else but, okay, here you go. If you don't say that, they're going to throw a fit. You're the worst parent in the world. I hate you. I don't want you. Get away from me. I don't care to do nothing from you until they need something else. That's what pastoring is. That's what pastoring. He'll come up here and he'll tell us exactly what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. And half of us will get mad and leave and won't talk to him for three weeks because he didn't give me what I wanted. He didn't approve of what I was doing. And he told me I was wrong for doing that. Yeah. And? 
That's what we needed to hear. So even when we don't want it, he's still going to give it to us. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13. The Bible says, I'll take that as an amen over there. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. And that be at peace among yourselves refers to don't go telling your brother what you didn't like about the pastor. That ain't going to happen. Nothing good is going to happen out of that. But instead, how about go tell your brother, let's pray for our pastor. Let's lift him up today. I saw him a little bit distraught today. Did you go ask him why? Did you ask him why? If there's something that you could uh, help him pray for this week? That's what he needs. Like I said before, having been raised in a pastoral home, even as a young child, I remember hearing and seeing all the negativity. But yet, every week, my dad would get up on that pulpit and he would just preach the word according to what God told him to do according to the guidance of the Holy Spirit and he did it week after week regardless of what people were doing and saying so because of that I've got a little bit of a tender part of my side of my heart for this man and this woman of God so if you see me hanging around here after service I'm not just Hanging out, I'm watching out for them. That's just what I do. I just want to make sure that they're cared for just like they deserve to be cared for. I told you I was going to behave today. Second point, we need to free our pastor from distractions. Yeah. He gets distracted when there's an event here and I walk in and I see him pulling tables. My first question is, where's the people to set it up? He says, I'm glad to do it. So, likewise, in the book of Acts, something happened in the church that caused the apostles to take some action Due to the amazing growth that they were experiencing after Jesus' sacrifice, death, resurrection, and ascension. And, and they were very, very careful for what they did. They saw that there was a need. And they said, it's not good. The apostles said, it's not good that we be taking care of this. Let's look what it says, Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Now in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplying... There arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve the tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among yourselves seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over, the, over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. 
when he gets up here on Sunday morning, I want to make sure that he has had time to spend with the Lord in prayer so that he can bring to us the undisputed word of God straight from the heart of God. If he has had to be chasing things and doing things and things that I could have helped out, maybe some of you could have helped out, but we don't, then we cannot expect him to be up here ready to go. He has not paid me to say this. He has not told me to say this. In fact, he has no clue what I'm, what I'm about to say. But I will, tell, I will say this. This man loves God, loves you, loves this church, and loves what he does without a doubt. The apostles were teaching their disciples that serving their pastor, serving their church, was not for anyone, anyone's own benefit, but for their own spiritual growth. You see, when we serve, when we serve the load of the pastor, the, word, the load that the pastor carries is lessened. It is a load. When we serve, our gifts are exposed. When we serve, we can feel a need in the congregation that nobody else is. When we serve, we become the hands and feet of Christ. And when we serve, we actually show people how much God loves them. So that's our part. Pastor Bill brought us the responsibilities. I'm sharing with you the, the qualifications. But more than anything, also, what we must do as church to support our pastor. Amen? May we follow the example Jesus gave us to serve at home, at work, in our community, and at church the same way our pastor serves us. Men, I'm going to step on some toes. Thank you, Bill, for giving me permission. We are called to be priests of our home. These qualifications for a pastor or bishop, according to the Bible, how about if we start checking those boxes ourselves as we minister in our first ministry, which is our home, to our family? Are we serving our family the way God sent Jesus to serve us wholeheartedly? As we close this morning, May we take a closer look at all the calling God has placed in our lives and see what we are doing with it. God has a calling upon each of our lives. What are we doing with it? We will all give account one day for all the talents God has given us. What we did with them, what we didn't do with them. So, with that being said, and if you're here today and you need Jesus Christ in your heart, just because it's Pastor's Appreciation Day doesn't mean that it's not your day. Jesus died for you. He loves you. There's nothing you can do that can change his mind. He's looking down from heaven and saying, yeah, you, I love you. 
I want you to be my child, to be my son. He died to have a relationship with you, not just for you to know about him from afar. He wants to have a relationship with you up close and personal. If you need prayer today and you want to receive Jesus Christ, whether you're here in person or you're watching online, today is your day of salvation. If you're here today and you need prayer for whatever reason, please don't leave without allowing us to pray with you, to stand with you and let us surround you with love and support you whatever you through whatever you're going through. It's very important for us to do that today. But Pastor Bill, I'm going to ask you to come on up here and, and, and come with me. Pastor, Angel, we love y'all. Y'all please come up here for us, with us. And I'm going to do something else because like I preached, like I, like I was mentioning, he answered the call, but when he answered, so did Angel. And when they both answered together, so did their children. And his house is in order. It's not perfect. In order does not mean perfection. Amen. I'm going to ask his children to come up. Is Faith here? Okay. She's coming. Adam, come on up. Caleb, come on up. Because when these two answer the call, the rest of them also answer the call. Yeah, you guys get up here too. You're part of the family now too. <laughs> Y'all confusing me already. Don't take much. Do you love these people? Do you? Would you stand to your feet? And I'm going to ask you reverently to do this. If you really love them, I'm going to invite you to come on up with me. I'm Pastor Bill. And I want you to join us to pray for them. Would you? I want you to see something. You see these people? Because you answered. Because you said yes. Every one of these people have been touched by God. And this is just a little bit. This does not include everybody that has been watching online and has never put foot in here, but yet has been touched by the ministry that you have brought forth in obedience to the word that God gave you many years ago. Every one of these people can have a different, will have a different story of how God touched them because of your yes. And this morning we stand here and we honor you, Terry Rogers pastor because you said yes let us pray heavenly father in the name of jesus i thank you for this pastoral family this ministerial family and i declare in the name of jesus that your blessings abundant blessings be upon them god father thank you for putting it in Terry's heart to answer the call. 
we thank you because he said yes. And because he said yes, so many of us said yes as well. And so many of us have stepped out and even answered the call to our own ministry. And many of us have come out of the hole of the pit because he said yes and he stepped out and he became your hands, your feet, your mouthpiece to bring, to bring deliverance and peace and restoration to our lives. Father, I thank you. We honor him today because of who he has chosen to be, your voice, your child, your shepherd for this flock. This morning, we bless you. And we thank you for Terry, Angel, and the rest of the family. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a big praise now. Come on, give him a big one. Thank you again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you today. If you need prayer or a lot to support this ministry through giving, stop by faithrenewed.org.